Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin, our number 877-381-3811, I have exciting news to announce. My book will be on Amazon next week, and the title will be revealed next week, and I just asked the publisher before the program, let's go ahead and move on this, because time is of the essence and things I'm beginning to say are being picked off by other media. And what we need to do is explain things in an intelligent way, not just cherry-pick and pop off. So I want to get this done. I want to get this done right. I've literally spent an entire year on this project, but in the last three months I have probably never worked as hard as I have in my life. Now, Joe Biden is out there every left-wing radical idea he is institutionalizing, embracing, and announcing. Joe Biden will commit the United States to cutting its greenhouse emissions 50 to 52% by 2030. By 2030. Biden administration officials say the target, one of the most aggressive in the world, is achievable despite the transformation of fossil fuel-dependent economy it would entail. They argue it's necessary in order to keep the U.S. on pace for net zero emissions by 2050. Net zero emissions. Now let me tell you exactly what this is, and you'll hear this on various Fox shows and radio shows tomorrow. This is an attack on what was the Industrial Revolution. That's what it is. This is part of what I've talked about before. Nobody does the research I do on TV and radio. I'm just telling you, it's of the degrowth movement. That's exactly what's taking place. 
Ian Rand, as I've talked about before, she wrote a powerful book that people ignore. It's called The Return of the Primitive, the Anti-Industrial Revolution. And you see, it's not just her, it's others who understand what's going on here. Like all bad things, the media are involved in promoting this. No serious scrutiny. No availability of brilliant scientists and experts to challenge anything that our government seeks to do. They did the same thing with the coronavirus. This is agenda-driven. It's agenda-driven, just like Black Lives Matter and Antifa are agenda-driven, just like the attack on the cops is agenda-driven. It's all driven to destroy the civil society, to replace it. I've written many books on this. But Ian Rand, and I am happy to give credit where credit is due, I am happy to give attribution to people who write things and think things that I haven't written or I haven't thought. It's a very good habit to get into, by the way. And uh, as I said, the subtitle of her book is The Anti-Industrial Revolution. She says here, uh, the open break with the intellect, the dropping of the mask of intellectually worn by the left, the substitution of birds and bees and beauty, nature's beauty, for the pseudoscientific, super-technological paraphernalia Marx's economic determinism. That's what's going on. A more ludicrous shrinking of a movement's stature, a more obvious confession of intellectual bankruptcy cannot be invented in fiction. Instead of their old promises that collectivism would create universal abundance and their denunciations of capitalism for creating poverty, they are now denouncing capitalism for creating abundance. Instead of promising comfort and security for everyone, they are now denouncing people for being comfortable and secure. Some 40 years ago, that's uh, 40 years from the time she wrote this book, Uh, Let's see here, which was uh, first published in 1970, believe it or not. She writes, some 40 years ago, which would now be, I guess, some 90 years ago, Franklin Roosevelt exhorted this country to sacrifice for the sake of an underprivileged one-third of a nation. Fifteen years later, the sacrifice was stretched to include the underprivileged of the whole globe. Today you're asked to sacrifice for the sake of seaweeds and inanimate matter. Since the enormous weight of controls created by the welfare state theorists has hampered, burdened, corrupted, but not yet destroyed American industry, the collectivists have found in ecology a new excuse for the creation of more controls, more corruption, more favor peddling, more harassment of industry by more irresponsible pressure groups. The industrialists, as usual, listen to this, this is big. The industrialists, as usual, will be the last to protest, the corporations. In a mixed economy, the industrialists will swallow anything and apologize for anything. Their abject crawling and climbing on the so-called environmental bandwagon is consistent with their policy of the past four or five decades, inculcated by pragmatism. They would rather make a deal with a few more bureaucrats than stand up and face the issue in terms of philosophical and moral principles. Boy, oh boy, do we see that. 
The greatest guilt of modern industrialists is not the fumes of their factory smokestacks, but the pollution of this country's intellectual life, which they have condoned, assisted, and supported. Now, she's a libertarian, obviously. As to the politicians, they have discovered that the issue of pollution is pay dirt, and they've gone all out for it. They see it as a safe, non-controversial, public-spirited issue, which can mean anything to anyone. Besides, a politician would not dare oppose it and be smeared from coast to coast as an advocate of smog. The deeper significance of the ecological crusade lies in the fact that it does expose a profound threat to mankind, though not in the sense its leaders allege. It exposes the ultimate motive of the collectivists, the naked essence of hatred for achievement, which means hatred for reason, hatred for man, hatred for life. In today's drugged orgy of boastfully self-righteous swinishness, the masks are coming down, and you can hear but, all but explicit confessions of that hatred. I'm telling you, she was right on. The demand to restrict technology. You know, you hear some populist nationalists talk. Well, what are we, the technology is putting people out of work. They have no clue what they're talking about and who they're throwing in with. She writes, the demand to restrict technology is the demand to restrict man's mind. It is nature, that is reality, that makes both these goals impossible to achieve. Technology can be destroyed and the mind can be paralyzed, but neither can be restricted. Whether and wherever such restrictions are attempted, it is the mind, not the state, that withers away. In other words, man exists to advance, to think. Technology is applied science. The progress of theoretical science and of technology, that is of human knowledge, is moved by such a complex and interconnected sum of the work of individual minds that no computer or committee could predict and prescribe its course. The discoveries in one branch of knowledge lead to unexpected discoveries in another. The achievements in one field open countless roads to all others. The space exploration program, for instance, has led to invaluable advances in medicine. Who can predict when, where, or how a given bit of information will strike an active mind and what it will produce? So what she's saying is this attack on capitalism, the Industrial Revolution, progress, economic progress, yes, technological progress, is an attack on the individual, the nature of the individual, the ability of the individual to think. To restrict technology would require omniscience, a total knowledge of all the potential innovators of the future. Short of such omniscience, restrictions mean the attempt to regulate the unknown, to limit the unborn, to set rules for the undiscovered. And more, an active mind will not function by permission. An inventor will not spend years of struggle dedicated to an excruciating, uh, excruciating work if the fate of his work depends not on the criterion of de- demonstrable truth, but on the arbitrary decision of some authorities. He will not venture out on a course where roadblocks are established at every turn in the form of the horrendous necessity to seek, to beg, to plead for the consent of a committee. The history of major inventions, even in semi-free societies, is a shameful record as far as the collective wisdom of the entrenched professional consensus is concerned. 
As to the notion that progress is unnecessary, that we know enough, that we can stop on the present level of technological development and maintain it without going any farther, ask yourself why mankind's history is full of the wreckage of civilizations that could not be maintained and vanished along with such knowledge as they had achieved, why men who do not move forward fall back into the abyss of savagery. A stagnant technology is the equivalent of a stagnant mind. A so-called restricted technology is the equivalent of a censored mind. When we come back, I want to read another paragraph or two, and then I want to apply this to what is going on today with so-called climate change, what I have made public and made known to you, the degrowth movement in past books and in my future writing. And what this means for us, when Joe Biden enters into agreements without getting treaties that, intend, that are intended to emasculate our economic system. I'll be right back. Lovin. I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty, and they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans receive Imprimus for free every month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it, too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send Imprimus to you for no cost every month. So start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit LevinforHillsdale.com. That's Levin, L-E-V-I-N, for Hillsdale.com. Got a lot to cover here tonight. This is the only issue, but it's very important because this is the Green New Deal. This is the degrowth movement. What this really is is the, the attack on capitalism. An attack on capitalism is an attack on liberty. You see, ladies and gentlemen, you can't have a free society without capitalism, or at least mostly capitalism. Now, you can have a fascistic or even so-called communist society, as they have in China, and rely significantly on capitalism. But you cannot have a free society without capitalism. Because all the other economic models are government-centric. They're about government committees, government offices, Politicians making decisions about your life, what you have a right to, what you need, redistribution of wealth. So all these decisions, not just the, the, uh, the monies, not just the uh, production, all these decisions are redistributed from the private sector to government bureaucrats who have no idea what's taking place. It doesn't work. It's never worked. It's been tried. Joe Biden says now he wants to slash greenhouse gas emissions by 50 to 52% in the next nine years and get rid of them altogether. 
in the next 29 years. Now that's fine, he won't be around, but the economy will be destroyed. And that phrase, greenhouse gas emissions, that is intended to upset your greenhouse gas emissions, oh my God. Does anybody know what greenhouse gas emissions are? Does anybody know what carbon dioxide is? I doubt Joe Biden does. Joe Biden doesn't know a spoon from a fork. Carbon dioxide, listen to me carefully, is not a pollutant. It's never been a pollutant. It can't be a pollutant. It's not carbon monoxide. Carbon dioxide is not a pollutant. The Supreme Court even knew that. Massachusetts versus the EPA. A phony standing case, a phony decision that the court took up, voted five to four, gave Massachusetts standing when there was no standing. See, it's result-oriented. And then authorized the EPA, if it chose to, to regulate carbon dioxide as a pollutant. That they, they weren't wise enough on the court to know whether it was or not, but that's up to the EPA. So they didn't have the authority, the EPA, to do what it did under the Clean Air Act. It didn't matter. This is how things get done. This is how our country gets turned upside down. Decades of this kind of lawlessness and uh, phony semantics. Carbon dioxide has never been listed as a pollutant. You're breathing, right? You breathe in oxygen, you breathe out carbon dioxide. It's that simple. Plants, to keep it simple, they breathe in carbon dioxide, they breathe out oxygen so we can live. That's how it works. Now they say there's too much carbon dioxide. How do they know that? Well, they have phony tests. Defective. We've known this for decades, too. Defective tests. But what is the right amount of carbon dioxide? What is the exact right temperature? They have no idea. None. Greenhouse gas emissions. In the wintertime, in places that are very, very cold in this country... We have little greenhouses, and greenhouses are used to grow flowers, grow vegetables, just grow plants. When it's really cold and bitter outside, they create a greenhouse, a greenhouse. That's what we're talking about. There's nothing poisonous in a greenhouse. We're not talking about acid rain. or There's nothing poisonous in a greenhouse. You know what the greatest element in a greenhouse is, it's condensation. It's water. But they haven't figured out how to control condensation, and they think they figured out how to control carbon dioxide. You know how? To shut down our industries. That's how. Now, not only will this put millions of you out of work, not only will this drive up prices, not only will this make America so much poorer, our enemies, they're not interested in carbon dioxide, and they're not worried about it. I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time. Because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. 
Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty, and they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans receive Imprimus for free every month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it, too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send Imprimus to you for no cost every month. So start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's Levin, L-E-V-I-N, for Hillsdale.com. This is the nation's town hall meeting. And you can join in at 877-381-3811. We're finding that Wall Streeters, corporatists, Joe Biden family members and all are getting ready to cash in on the climate change issue, like on the infrastructure issue, the Green New Deal issue, call it whatever you wish. They're planning to make a fortune off of it. I mean, they're going to follow the trillions of dollars, don't you think? Well, of course. Corporations hope to make a fortune off of it. That's their hope. I just want to show you how radical and extreme this is. John Kerry, who is a billionaire by marriage, lives a life that really none of us could ever expect to live. Uh, A man who flies on private jets, who eats caviar, who lives in multiple homes, who's chauffeured around in huge vehicles, and we can go on and on. He thinks you're living too well. He thinks you're living too well. So here he is at Biden's Leaders Climate Summit video conference today. And let's hear what he has to say. Cut 18, go. You said twice getting to net zero is going to be hard, really hard. That is net zero carbon dioxide emissions. Go ahead. And uh, just remind everybody that 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 will depend on whether or not we have some breakthrough technologies and breakthrough innovations, number one. But even if we get to net zero, we still have to get carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere. So this is a bigger challenge than a lot of people have, have, have sort of really grabbed onto yet. You see, you see, there can never be a victory. There can never be a finish line. Even if we get to net zero, where we're not producing any carbon dioxide whatsoever, it's hanging around in the atmosphere, and we've got to figure out how to vacuum it out. So net zero is not good enough, ladies and gentlemen. This is insanity. This is economic and societal suicide. This man is not a scientist. He's a carnival barker. He's a buffoon. All you folks who work in unions and work with your hands, you're going to be out of work. You see how quickly Joe Biden hammered that Keystone XL pipeline. All the pipelines are going to go. You folks 
They're members of the UAW and assembly lines. You're going to be out of work. Oh, we'll have electric cars. But electric creates carbon dioxide, too, at its original source. It doesn't just show up. This is a war on hard-working men and women in this country who work in our steel mills, who work in our oil fields, who work on our assembly lines, who work on any smokestack industries. This is wrong consumers who like the automobiles they have, your heating and your air conditioning systems. You understand this involves energy, so it affects everything you do. Everything you do. And you know what else they have to do if they get rid of carbon dioxide? They have to pass rules on where you can live, how you can live, how large your home can be, what kind of vehicle you can drive, how many vehicles you can drive. This is a massive attack on your liberty, your mobility. It is totalitarian in every respect. And it's based on crap science. Let's pretend we get down to zero carbon dioxide. You remember when the left used to worry about the the Amazon, the magnificent Amazon and what was happening down there? Do you notice they never talk about it anymore? I was just thinking about this during the break and raising it with Mr. Producer. You notice they never talk about the Amazon anymore. Why is that? Because all that vegetation, that lush, dense vegetation, requires a lot of carbon dioxide to survive. And in order to create a lot of oxygen for the rest of the planet. Carbon dioxide is protein for plants. That's what it is. It's not a pollutant. It is protein for plants. You vegetarians better start paying attention to what I'm saying. Just think about what would happen to our economy. Even more, think about what would happen to our ecology if we had net zero carbon dioxide. And then we need technological advances, says the dummy, to get into the atmosphere and get the carbon dioxide out of there. This is a religious movement with false gods and idols. That's what it is. This is a religious movement with false gods and idols. Of ignorant people like Chuck Todd. Chuck Todd doesn't know anything about anything. Yet he says he is going to ban and censor forever anybody who comes on and denies climate change. But they won't ban somebody like Kerry, who is insane. Absolutely insane. Then we have Kamala Harris and Joe Biden at Biden's Leaders Climate Summit. And she's dumber than John Kerry. These people don't know anything, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's a cool thing to say, a cool thing to do. You can do whatever you want, spend whatever you want, fly as many planes as you want, because you're going to save the planet. You are righteous. All these Democrats who voted for Biden, all these Democrats who vote for these leftists, don't even understand they're voting to destroy their own jobs and their own communities. It really is shocking. Meanwhile, you're going to have billionaires who are going to make a fortune. You'll have people like the Biden family who are going to make a fortune. They're going to know what to invest in. 
where to take their money. There's already a list of advisors, official and unofficial, uh, about how they are going to uh, make a fortune because they're already investing, getting ahead of the curve on what the government's going to do. Government's going to spend trillions, so somebody's going to make money. Somebody's going to make money. You're not. Joe Biden said all those people who lost the jobs at their Keystone XL pipeline, they're going to find new, better-paying jobs for them. Didn't he say that, America? Or the media? Did they follow up with these people to see if Joe Biden helped create new, better-paying jobs for them? Of course not, because he didn't, and he's not going to. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Joe Biden's intentions are, as I've said many times, to promote Joe Biden. But the Democrat Party's intentions, as we talked about last night, are quite evil. The Democrat Party hates America. Down the line, just see. What does it do to support this country? It hates America. Its leaders hate America. They lie about the people of America. They lie about our police department. They lie about what's going on on the border. It's really quite, quite an evil party. They don't have good intentions. This is something George W. Bush doesn't get. Either he's too stupid or he doesn't want to face up to it. He and his dear friend Michelle Obama. You have these rhinos running around on Capitol Hill. Sass and Romney. Liz Cheney. Adam Kingsinger. They don't get it, but even if they do get it, they don't care. The greatest threat we face is all around us. Look at it. Now that's climate. Let's press ahead on a couple of other issues. There's just too much. I can't spend all day on one subject. D.C. statehood. The vote in the House was 216 to 208. Every Democrat voted for it. Every Republican voted against it. I do not have a problem with the people of Washington, D.C. having the right to vote in federal elections. In fact, I think they should vote in federal elections. And I think the non-federal areas of the District of Columbia should be ceded back to Maryland. Where the people in District of Columbia who live in these communities can have a vote. The idea that we would take the federal enclave, the federal enclave, and create a state out of it, where senators, don't forget, they'd have their own legislature and all the rest, would be a constant dagger points with the federal government, particularly Republicans in the federal government, is simply unacceptable. That's not what the framers wanted. Now, not once in any of the reporting on this, on television, did I hear mention of this word. Constitution. Now, I know that the Democrats feel that they have carved out a a special statute that gets around this with a couple of knuckleheads from Harvard or whatever. But they didn't. The District of Columbia is created by the Constitution of the United States. You can't just pass a statute and say we're going to add a few more senators by making the District of Columbia or some part of it a state. It's different from territories. It's different from Puerto Rico. It's different. 
It's the capital of the entire nation. And the framers wisely didn't want the capital of the entire nation part of a state. Normally the Democrats hate states. Have you noticed that? They hate states. Except when they control them. The hypocrisy has, uh, exists on so many levels. I'll give you an example. They talk about the Electoral College. It really, we need a direct election. The Electoral College isn't representative of the people. This is what they say. Well, then the Senate's not representative of the people, as I've said before, because there's two senators from every state, regardless of the population, right? So how's that representative of the people? Because they didn't create a system representative of the people, per se. They created a republic, where parts of it represent the people, And there's checks and balances and so forth and so on. We don't need to go through that for the four millionth time. So they didn't create a democracy. Created a republic. Which is far superior than a democracy. You know, they have a democracy in uh, the Gaza Strip. They got one vote. That was it. No republic, no checks and balances, and it's a terrorist state. There's phony democracies all over the world. The Democrats want to create one here in in the great republic of the United States. So we have simple solutions to this. The parts of Washington, D.C. that are mostly neighborhoods and not parts of the federal enclave per se should be ceded back to Maryland. You got two senators, maybe you'll get another representative, maybe you'll get rid of Stempy Hoyer, who knows? Part of Washington, D.C. was ceded back to Virginia. So this is the answer, but it's not what the answer the Democrats want, because this isn't about representation in Washington, D.C. Again, it's their abuse of black people and other minorities for their own power structure. They want two more senators. That's it. Case closed. And you and I and the rest of the country are supposed to just say, yeah, you know what, Uh, taxation without representation. Well... We said they concede back to Maryland. Now, it's interesting they bring up taxation without representation. Because the Democrats really don't want representation when they increase taxes. They haven't held a bunch of hearings that you and I can attend on their tax bill. Their tax bill is very secretive. We don't have any say in any of this. Our specific representatives don't have any say in any of this. So what do they mean? The way Pelosi runs the House of Representatives, half of the country doesn't have representation because she cuts the Republicans out of committee hearings on major issues. She cuts the Republicans out of producing legislation. She cuts the Republicans out of making amendments. So what about us, taxation and no representation? The way Eva, the fascist Pelosi, runs the House of Representatives. Or what about what Schumer wants to do to separation of powers? That kills representation, too. So we don't need lectures about the Constitution, republicanism, democracy, representation from the Democrats, who are all frauds, para-hungry, narcissistic nutjobs. We don't need that from them. We know what they mean. They have no good intentions. The opposite. They have evil intentions. They don't give a damn whether the people of the District of Columbia have a right to vote or whether any of us have a right to vote. It's full speed ahead on their agenda. That's it. Period. I'll be right back. I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. 
And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty, and they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans receive Imprimus for free every month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it, too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send Imprimus to you for no cost every month. So start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's Levin, L-E-V-I-N, for Hillsdale.com. On all you folks in these congressional districts, you have a Democrat in a marginally Republican district to understand that all these radical proposals intended to empower the Democrat Party and destroy the Republican Party are being voted on by that representatives, uh, representative, and they're voting with the left and with the Democrat Party. Until we blow them out electorally, until we blow them out, this is going to keep up. They need to be punished. We're not going to defeat representatives from the inner city who are Democrats. You're not going to defeat Nancy Pelosi. You're not going to defeat Gerald Nadler. I have no problem with opponents running against them and letting them have it. But the way we take back the House is to defeat these Democrats in areas that are formerly had representative uh, who were Republican. That's how we have to do it. Because they have thrown in with the radical left in every major issue every major issue, and then they're going to spend money and lie to you back home about how they're part of a bipartisan caucus and all the rest. They're frauds and they're liars, like this Gosheimer in northern New Jersey. Complete joke. We have so much more. By the way, in the final hour, Senator Blackburn, Marsha Blackburn is uh, scheduled to, to come on the program. She's solid as a rock, isn't she? Right across the board, as best as I can tell. And uh, she's saying all this stuff that Biden's doing in the Middle East and with Iran and everything. Wait a minute. He doesn't have the power to just do these things by himself. And, you know, I wish we had more senators who would, who would voice that position. Not just with this, but we're going to have climate change agreements that don't come through the Congress as a treaty. We had the original Kyoto Accords that came through Congress as a treaty. But back then, the Democrats hadn't lost their minds. There was a unanimous vote against it. Every Democrat and every Republican in the Senate said no. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin.
Hello, America. I'm Mark Levin. Our number, 877-381-3811. In the House, they attempted to have a show trial type hearing about Republicans and conservatives and Republican state legislatures and Jim Crow and all the rest of it. And invited as one of the guests to speak was the Lieutenant Governor of North Carolina, who is an African American and a Republican. And it turns out a superstar. His name is Mark Robinson. If you never heard of Mark Robinson, you'll hear about him now. It's like Representative Donald's. Absolutely terrific representative out of the Naples, Fort Myer area. Just terrific. African American. These men need to be promoted. They know how to fight. They know how to speak. They know how to deal with the left. Because they've had to do it their entire lives. Mark Robinson. He's the first black lieutenant governor of North Carolina. At a hearing today in the House of Representatives. Let's begin. Hat tip, Breitbart, cut nine, go. Today, we hear Georgia law being compared to Jim Crow. The black voices are being silenced, and the black voices are being kept out. How? By bullets? By bombs? By nooses? No. By requiring a free ID to secure the vote. Let me say that again. By requiring a free ID to secure the vote. How absolutely preposterous. Am I to believe that black Americans who have overcome the atrocities of slavery, who were victorious in the civil rights movement, and now sit in the highest levels of this government, cannot figure out how to get a free ID to secure their votes? That they need to be coddled by politicians because they don't think we can figure out how to make our voices heard. Are you kidding me? The notion that black people must be protected from a free ID to secure their votes is not just insane, it is insulting. Just a few days ago, excuse me, uh, uh, and let me tell you something about this. This is, doesn't have anything to do with justice. This has everything to do with power. Mm, powerful. Cut 10, go. The goal of some individuals in government is not to hear the voices of black Americans at all. It's to hear the voices that fit their narratives and ultimately help keep power with one group. And that's what this is all about. It's about power. Just look at H.R. 1. It's despicable. The entire thing is designed to keep one party in power and ensure they stay there indefinitely. And how do they plan to do that? By taking away the rights of states given by the Constitution to govern their own elections, to mandate a wish list, a partisan, a partisan wish list, It comes down from that federal government. Some of these items include using government dollars to fund campaigns in order to give an advantage to one party, mandating that felons are allowed to vote, including illegal immigrants on voter rolls, and, of course, trying to ban states from having voter ID. Mm -hmm. Well, Steve Cohen, who is a white leftist, represents a majority-minority district, is an absolute fool a low-IQ moron. He's at the hearing today, and this is how he reacts. Cut 11, go. If 
I have a moment just to add something. Uh, you know, when you talk about that history, uh, that history is clear. Who stood on which side at every turn in history? It is clear. It's not even in dispute. And it's not in dispute now. What we want is integrity. We, we don't want power. We want integrity. We want the right thing to be done. We want to encourage citizens to be responsible. We want to have the best election system in the world. In the world. Third world countries, places like India where the poverty rate is staggering. They have to show that finger when they go vote. It's time that we modernize our election system in this country and stop playing all these silly games based on race. And please, stop using me as a black man as your pawn. And yes, I said it. Push your agenda. I'm sick of it. It happened a long time ago in this country, and I'm tired. Chairman, I would uh, ask that the witness answer the question. His time has expired. Mr. Chairman, uh, Mr. Mr. Chairman, Mr. Chairman, I should have a unanimous consent request for, to insert something. Now, stop here. This is Chip Roy, great congressman and a friend of mine, a friend of the show. He's seeking unanimous consent, which is a parliamentary matter, is supposed to be recognized immediately. And the guy banging down on the gavels, this, this chairman is Steve Cohen. It's the nut job I told you about. He is furious with this witness. He's furious that the lieutenant governor of North Carolina has says the, said the things he said. He's lost control of his propaganda machine. Because this gentleman knows how to deal with frauds. He knows how to deal with bigots and racists. We're trying to use black people. The idea that black people can't get free IDs, it's so... We've talked about it. It's so appalling what they're saying and what they're doing on the left. But he's banging the gavel, this guy, Cohen. Go ahead. Insert, insert something in the record. Request. You've already said that we, would, we could enter that in the record. You said it in your opening, Mr. Chairman. What, what changed? Mr. Johnson, can you hear me? So we're not going to insert Johnson. something in the record? So Republicans can't enter anything minutes. in the record. I'm just so the what he's doing is he's trying to get his buddy Hank Johnson. Mr. Johnson, you recognize? But can you hear me? Start talking, man. I'm. I don't want to do what I'm supposed to do. So Chip Roy says, "Hey, I have a unanimous consent request. I want to get something in the record." But all decorum and comedy has broken down completely with the Democrats. They are getting very, very used to their fascism. Just like these Democrat governors. Go ahead. Third stuff in the record? Maybe in a few minutes, but not right now. Oh, because, okay. Because when I had my time closing, I didn't want to insert it at the time inserted when I spoke. Mr. Johnson, we're going to go in proper order. You're recognized for five minutes. <laughs> well, this is a great way to run a hearing. Impressive. What's wrong? <laughs> well, speaking of skin, they got under this guy's skin, didn't they, Mr. Producer? And this is the way you do it. You go to a hearing and you tell you lay them out. Lieutenant Governor of North Carolina. What an impressive individual. What an impressive individual. And I might add the first black lieutenant governor of North Carolina. Democrats like to talk about first. There's a first. And so there we have a black man. What's Al Sharpton think of that black man? What's LeBron James think of that black man? What's Maxine Waters think of that black man? What does Nancy Pelosi 
Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Chuck Schumer, what do they think of that black man? They hate his guts. They hate his guts. They're going to do everything they can to defeat him. Everything. They can to defeat him. And I'm thinking as uh, I hear this uh, brilliant gentleman, Mark Robinson, speak. I'm thinking of the makeup of the United States Senate, America. The Democrat Party gets 90, 85% maybe, normally 90 or over 90% of the vote from African Americans. From African Americans. I'm thinking of our police forces in most metropolitan areas, particularly the biggest of the cities. They're very diverse. A significant percentage of the police force is made up of minority individuals, people of color. And I bet you the NYPD, I'll bet you the LAPD, I'll bet you the Chicago police force, the Houston police force, the Philly police force, the Atlanta police force, the Detroit police force, you go down the list, the top 15 or 20 metropolitan areas, I'll bet they are more diverse Well, more minorities, particularly African-Americans, than the Democrat side of the United States Senate. Than the Democrat side of the United States Senate. Think about that. What about the Republicans? Well, Republicans have one black senator out of 50. One black senator out of 50. But they don't get much of the African-American vote. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just explaining. The Democrat Party relies on it in order to win elections. They can't win elections without it. And yet there's more diversity in our major metropolitan police departments than there is among the Democrats in the Democrat caucus in the United States Senate. How come nobody talks about that? Except me. How come nobody points that out? Look at the leadership positions in the Senate. Look at it. The three top Democrats in the Senate are white men. Look at the leadership positions in the House. The two top, a white man, I mean a white woman, Pelosi. We allowed to call her a woman? I thought they ch- we're not allowed to use uh, gender identities, are we, Mr. Producer? We have an it, Nancy Pelosi. We have an it, Stempy Hoyer. And then we have the guy from South Carolina, an African-American. But all this talk, not one of the top leaders in the Democrat Party in the House or the Senate, that is, the Speaker or the Majority Leader, are black. Which raises the question, have they ever been black? I suppose it's possible, but not to my knowledge. All those decades that the Democrats controlled the speaker position. Has there ever been a black person who's been speaker? No. How about on the Senate side? Their majority leader, they had a Klansman, wasn't that long ago. You have a black senator as their leader? No. 
Maybe we need a little critical race theory in the Democrat Party. Maybe with a little, little critical race theory in the Democrat Party leadership. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com. And enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L E V I N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. I would like uh, African-Americans in this audience, of which there happen to be many, to tell us what LeBron James has done for you. Has LeBron James come to your neighborhood? Does he live in your neighborhood? What policies has he promoted that will improve your life? Has he supported school choice? Does he come to your neighborhoods in Chicago, in New York, Philadelphia, and Baltimore? Does he come into your cities and into your neighborhoods? In order to fight black-on-black crime, which is slaughtering people in your communities? Does he live amongst you? Does a lot of virtue signaling to the media and online, on Twitter... For big tech. They love them over at ESPN. They want access to them. They want to get their stories. And you dare not criticize them, you see. But LeBron James did something the other day that we talked about, but I want to get back to it. He went after a police officer that saved another person's life. It wasn't a white-on-black thing. It was a black-on-black thing where a 16-year-old girl who was of significant size was about to plunge her knife into another girl. The police officers were called to the scene on a 9-11 call that NBC News censored. Can you imagine a news organization doing that, NBC News, and the corporation that owns them, Comcast, does nothing about it? Not a thing. Because the media want these riots. The Democrat Party want these riots. And apparently LeBron James does too. And he wants more. That police officer got there, and if he hadn't shot that young lady, unfortunately, she likely would have killed the other girl. 
And LeBron James tweets out a photo of the police officer. In all caps with the headlines, you're next. You're next. He's inciting people to go after the police officer. He didn't tweet out and say there needs to be an investigation. If there's something wrong here, the man should be prosecuted. That's not what he said. He said, you're next. Is LeBron James a racist? Every white officer who's involved in one of these horrific events is guilty because he's white? Is that it, LeBron? Is that it? Now what's going to happen to LeBron James? Your next hashtag accountability is what he actually put out there. What's next, ladies and gentlemen? What's going to happen to LeBron James? Has he been banned from Twitter, Mr. Producer? They not dare ban him from Twitter. Oh, no. Has he been denounced on ESPN? I don't know. I don't watch ESPN anymore. It's too predictable. I doubt it. What's his basketball team going to do? Are they going to suspend him? No. How about the league? No. Nothing's going to happen to LeBron James. His life will go on. He'll be utterly unaffected by what he does. People look up to him. If he wasn't a basketball player, why would people look up to him? If he wasn't a basketball player, why would people look up to him? Does he try to unite this country? Does he try to figure out why we have such high crime levels in certain parts of our country? I don't want to hear about his money and where he puts his money. He's a narcissist. And then when you actually point out to him that he's a narcissist, he gets very offended. And yet there are some things that don't offend LeBron James. In addition to his own brand of racism... It's all the slaughter that's been going on in China. Hey, because when it comes to making a buck, LeBron's morals aren't so strong anymore. He's not alone. There's no question. There are other athletes. There are the the various professional leagues, all these corporatists and so forth. They're not alone. So they virtue signal by trashing our own country, by smearing the cops, by undermining... Rule of law and law and order. And I'm sick and damn tired of it. Something should be done when somebody with that authority, that power, puts out a tweet like that. Kind of a jackass is this guy. I'll be right back. meet to defend liberty and defeat tyranny. Call the Mark Levin Show now at 877-381-3811. So Twitter's response to LeBron James putting a target on the back of this police officer. 
Lakers forward LeBron James says he deleted a tweet referencing a Columbus police officer who fatally shot 16-year-old Michaela Bryant because it was being used to create more hate. That was pretty much it, wasn't it, Rich? As others have pointed out, including Anthony Biley, he didn't just reference the officer, he shared a photo of him. The officer shot Bryant because she was about to kill, that is, stab another girl. Creating more hate takes the form of lying about police officers. I have to conclude that LeBron James is a liar and a racist. And then he says, I'm so damn tired of seeing black people killed by police. I took the tweet down because it's being used to create more hate. This isn't about one officer, it's about the entire system. So you can see he's a dummy. He's just regurgitating Democrat Party talking points. It's about the whole system, ladies and gentlemen, because we know white officers who stop vehicles with black people in them kill them. We know this. Because LeBron James says so. Because Al Sharpton says so. Because Joe Biden says so. That's our system, isn't it, America? Police officers stopping people willy-nilly. Opening the door and executing black people. Isn't that what happens in America all the time? Isn't that why 42 million people of color south of the border wanted to come to the United States? According to Gallup. Because white police officers are going around executing black people. Isn't that what goes on in this country? According to LeBron James. It's the entire system. It's all of you. You're the system. Says Mr. Basketball Player. He lives hypocrisy. He lives hypocrisy. And the capitalist system. It's not just black people who've made LeBron James a billionaire. It's white people too. That's the system. That system. Same with ESPN. Who the hell do they think watching ESPN? All kinds of people of all colors. Watching ESPN. It's the system, ladies and gentlemen. That system out there is the problem. It's amazing to me. As a Jew, if I thought officers were stopping Jews and just executing them, you think I'd hang around and stay in the United States? No, I don't think so. They make this sound like Nazi Germany, this country. Tell me, are you a Nazi? Is that how the country works? Really quite shocking, don't you think? LeBron James, poor LeBron James. Oprah Winfrey, worth billions. They're all being played by the Democrat Party, too. It's amazing. And the press, made up of Democrats. All being played. And they don't mind being played. The self-righteous, the self-righteous tweets and proclamations, it's the system, man. It's the system. I'm tired of seeing black people killed by police. Are you tired of seeing black people killed by gang members, sir? Because that's where it's happening by the thousands. You never talk about it. You don't ever tweet about it. That little seven-year-old black girl that was killed 
with her dad in the damn car at a McDonald's when these gangbangers came up and sprayed the cars. Then they went down the street to Popeye's and sprayed the cars. They killed five human beings, all of whom were African-Americans, and injured 12. I don't see a damn tweet from LeBron James. Do you? Did you see it all over ESPN? I don't watch ESPN. I seriously doubt it. You want to know why? These are tough, hard issues. That's reality. Crapping on cops and the system, that's just cheap. Self-righteous BS. It's exactly what it is. Democrat Party. The International Olympic Committee, they just announced that it's got a ban on athletes demonstrating in official venues will remain in place for this summer's Tokyo Olympics. Reiterating that kneeling or raising a fist in protest will be grounds for punishment. Now, the, the United States Olympic Committee said, hey, do whatever you want, you know. You can moon the audience, whatever you want, doesn't matter. Take a knee. Give us the finger. You know, it's a free world. It's a free country. These people are supposed to represent us. The American people. But then again, there's systemic racism in our country. It's the system. The entire system has to go. The whole system. Are these people who talk that way, are they aware of what happens when a civil society collapses? Are they aware of what happens when you call 911 and cops don't show up? Are they aware of what happens if Joe Biden gets his way and Kamala Harris and we're disarmed? Disarmed and no police. You know what that is? That's tyranny. That's third world tyranny. We've seen this happen over and over again. You know what that is? That's the kind of tyranny we've seen in Europe 180 years ago. That's what these people are going to wind up getting if they, that's what all of us are going to wind up getting if they get their way. That's why this needs to be pushed away, pushed, fought back in every conceivable way, legally, obviously, but every conceivable way. The International Olympic Committee, Rule 50, states that no kind of demonstration or political, religious, or racial propaganda is permitted in any Olympic sites, venues, or other areas. But the committee agreed to revisit the rule amid pressure after American athletes made it a commonplace occurrence to protest their own national anthem as a way to call for racial justice in the United States. Where the hell else do you think there is racial justice except in the United States? You think it's in China? You think it's in Iran? You think it's in the Congo? You think it's in Cuba? It's in America. That's where there's racial justice. And that's why these big mouths, white, black, and in between, they never leave the country. They never say, you know what, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. I'm going to X country, Y country. They're better. No, 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 no. It's because in this country, you can make a fortune, become famous, become iconic, and trash your own country. And spit on your fellow citizen. 
In a report detailing the reasoning behind its decision to keep the rule, the IOC explained, and this is from The Blaze, that over the past year conducted a survey of more than 3,500 international athletes across the globe. They found that a clear majority of athletes believe it is not appropriate for athletes to demonstrate or express their views at the podium, 67%, field of play, 70%, or during opening ceremony, 70%. And how much you want to bet that most of the 30% are American athletes? But I'm going to tell you something. If we watch these Olympics, which I find relatively boring, if we watch these Olympics and the American athletes are doing what they're not supposed to do, I'm rooting against them. I hope they fall on their asses and their faces because they don't represent me. This crop, this generation of athletes is really quite disgusting, with with many good exceptions. But this crop of athletes who've gone through the indoctrination mills in colleges and universities, who've gone through the indoctrination mills on, on TV news, who've gone through the indoctrination mills at ESPN and all the rest, I am sick of these people. Sick of them. What the hell do they contribute to the United States? Used to be they contributed entertainment, you know, all right, tough week, now I'm going to watch. Now they're all political commentators. And here's the thing, they're stupid. White, black, Hispanic, whoever, they, they're stupid. They're not trained in any of this. They don't understand any of this. They shoot from the hip. They're just emotional. If I ask them to tell me about the Bill of Rights, they're not going to be able to tell me about the Bill of Rights. If I ask them to give me some statistics on police shootings, they're not going to be able to give me statistics on police shootings. If I go on and on and on about the substance, they're not going to be able to give me this. Like this idiot Steph Curry. He doesn't know anything. Names on his sneakers and all the rest. I would kill to get him on this show, Mr. Producer. You want to try and get Steph Curry on this show? Please, people, don't tip the guy off. Who's the other idiot from San Antonio? Why, why can't I ever remember that guy, coach's name? Popovich. Try and get him, too. Back, they can come on together. They can double-team me. It'll be very tough, I'm sure. I'll be right back. Mark in. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com. And enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L E V I N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless.
think of the funniest things or maybe not so funny during the breaks. It's like when I shower, I think of these things. I'm sitting here thinking about climate change and that Joe Biden and John Kerry are engaging with communist China on climate change. I'm sitting here thinking to myself, the Chinese have about 2 million Uyghur Muslims in concentration camps. Same with Tibetans and now Christians. It's like the early days of Nazi Germany. I'm sure Xi is a big fan of Hitler's, quite frankly. Probably studies what Hitler did internally and externally during World War II. And Biden and Kerry want to talk to them about climate change. Now think about this. It would be like Winston Churchill and Franklin Roosevelt wanting to talk climate change with Adolf Hitler. Xi knows that Biden and Kerry are buffoons. Xi knows that he can pretty much get away with anything he wants. The Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran, ditto. The fascistic regime in Moscow, ditto. The inbred in North Korea, ditto. He wants to talk about climate change. He's trashing his own country. He's trashing his own system. He won't even secure his borders. They won't even update their nuclear weapons. They won't even update their conventional weapons. This guy, Biden, this guy, Biden, is going to get us into a war. He's going to provoke them by his passivity and because he's a sellout against his own country. You're discussing climate change with the communist Chinese? Are you out of your friggin' mind? They steal from us? They brutalize people? He wants to discuss climate change? I'm telling you. Mark my words, unfortunately. This coming hour, we will have a great senator, Marsha Blackburn. She's very innovative. She is, uh, she's a strong voice out there for uh, patriotism and liberty. How much time do I have, Rich? All right, I have enough time to do this. It's something I've been meaning to get to. It's from... Uh, April 20th, just a couple days ago, the New York Times. Georgia faith leaders urge boycott of Home Depot over voting law. The subheadline: black religious leaders representing more than 1,000 churches in Georgia are planning a warning shot, quote-unquote, for other Republican-led states that are trying to limit voting access. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Remember Goya Foods? Remember the CEO came out and made positive statements about President Trump? Remember what the left tried to do to him? Remember what you did to them? You emptied the shelves. You bought Goya products. Well, let me make a suggestion to you. And I have nothing against Lowe's or Ace Hardware, all the rest of them. But this is a battle, at least for now. If you need to go to a hardware warehouse superstore, at least for the next week or two, you should make it Home Depot. Whatever it is you're getting, 
whatever it is you need, wood, nails, hammers, other equipment, light bulbs, ceiling uh, lights, you know what they have. Go to Home Depot. Well, I like Lowe's. Go to Home Depot. I have nothing against Lowe's. I have absolutely nothing against Ace Hardware, none of them. But for the next two weeks, push back, especially in the state of Georgia. This is a Levin surge. Home Depot's under attack because it's staying neutral. It won't get involved in politics even more. It will not side with the mob. Shop at Home Depot. I'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, I must confess, I'm never really followed the New England Patriots much, other than to know they're the greatest team to ever play football. Nonetheless, a gentleman by the name of Jake Biquette, a former New England Patriot player turned Army Ranger. In other words, a contributor to this country, was on Fox and Friends this morning, responding to LeBron James, among others. Cut 20, go. Former defensive end and retired U.S. Army Ranger Jake Beckett joins us now. Jake, thanks so much for being here, and thank you for all you've done. You've seen uh, both sides, all sides of a lot of the issues we're talking about right now. When you see politics creeping into every quarter of, of sports, culture, and even the military, your reaction? Well, Pete, it is tragic because sports and the military were two of the last institutions in this country, it seems, that had not been politicized by the media and the left. And I think it's because sports and the media, or sports and the military, those institutions, they they transcend race, they transcend class, uh, they transcend background, because it's a meritocracy. It's about your performance on the playing field Mm -hmm. or in the military, in the training ground or overseas in the Middle East, in Iraq or Afghanistan. And I think it's truly unfortunate what we've seen, uh, the politicization creeping into those institutions. Well, LeBron doesn't care about that. A former Army Ranger, LeBron. Oh, he's not. A great contributor to the unity and progress of this society. Oh, he's not. LeBron James doesn't give a damn about the American military, American law enforcement, civil society, any of that stuff. He's earned everything he's got. It's coming to him. One of the greatest basketball players ever. It's coming to him. People slobber all over him. Fans, sportscasters, agents. He's a hero. I don't know why. He's a basketball player. No, no, he's a hero. 
says things that need to be said. Now he's contemptible. And what he did to this police officer was disgusting. And no, it's not the system. It's his big mouth. He sits there and feels that he needs to get on his computer and tweet. He's got, they say, 50 million followers. He's got, he's got to let them know what they, what they think. He has no governor. He just blurts it out. And then he's protected by Twitter. People have been censured, suspended, and banned from Twitter who've said nothing like what LeBron James has said and tweeted. Nothing. That's why we know Twitter is corrupt. It's just another platform for the Democrat Party and the left. I thought all this stuff was going to stop if Donald Trump wasn't in office. That's what I heard. Didn't you hear that, Mr. Producer? Everything would be tranquil. Everything would go back to normal. But for the radicals, there, there is no normal. Normal is revolution. Normal is stirring the pot. Normal is racism. That's the irony. And again, I'm thinking during the break, do people even understand what critical race theory is, including the people who promote it? Now, I'm going to give you a very sloppy thumbnail sketch because I'm running out of time. But trust me when I tell you, in the future, we're going to deal with all this as we have in the past. But the crackpot theory that was hatched, without going back to the Marxists, but in modern times, at Stanford and Harvard Law Schools, it was considered fringe at the time, but apparently not anymore, is that society is a white-dominated society. It is a white-privileged society. Therefore, every aspect of the society is poisonous. It's poisonous. And so white people can't fix it. This isn't me, this is them. And the only way it can be fixed is to erase everything that's come before. And that's the Marxist connection, really. So I'm sitting here thinking. Here you have this stooge they call President Joe Biden signing executive orders. He's up there speaking behind the microphone. Follow the bouncing ball as he's reading what's written for him, right? He's going to fix this. He's going to address this systemic racism. The idiot doesn't understand. He's part of it. Black Lives Matter, Antifa, they see him as part of it. He's a useful idiot. They would never tolerate a white president. You have to read all this stuff like I have spent the last month. That's the irony. The irony is this damn fool who was part of Jim Crow early in his life and career, is standing there as if he's Martin Luther King or Mahatma Gandhi. And I'll tell you something else. The real critical race theory theoreticians and scholars, so-called, they reject Martin Luther King and the whole civil rights movement. And again, I'll get into that in the weeks and months ahead. They view Al Sharpton as a clown, like most of us do, but they do too. 
they dismiss Jesse Jackson as a clown. LeBron James means nothing to these people. They don't even understand this. Liberals, or even moderate leftists in this country, they're not acceptable to Black Lives Matter, Antifa, or the rest of these groups. They're not. And then when you watch white liberals like Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, white liberals are dismissed and rejected by the critical race theoreticians. They're part of the problem. The fact that they exist is a problem. Now you can see how racist this ideology is. And there he is, Joe Biden, instituting it throughout the country in the federal government. There the damn fools are on school boards and the superintendents and the school administrators instituting it all over the country. This isn't a civil rights movement. This isn't a civil rights movement. This is a destroy America movement. And these damn fools are too stupid to know it. They're too stupid to know it. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Well, it's a pleasure to have the senior senator from Tennessee, Marsha Blackburn, with us. How are you, Senator? I am doing well. Thank you so much. Well, Senator, uh, you've touched on something that's important to me in this audience here. Uh, We have the Biden administration on its own trying to recreate a deal with the Iranian regime. They're doing it secretly, so most of you senators have no idea what's really going on. You're not involved in the process. And yet the framers of the Constitution set up a treaty process, so anything significant that goes on that commits the United States to a, a deal with other countries or one country in particular, that we would have a broader body politic involved, in this case the United States Senate. It's not even that simple. A supermajority of United States senators to vote on a treaty. Now, I must tell you honestly, the gentleman who you replaced as a United States Senator, Bob Corker, helped create this statutory process, which kind of turned it on its head. And so now uh, that process required sort of a supermajority, a veto-proof vote from the Senate and the House. 
to prevent Obama from getting into this deal. Now we have a situation where the president, our President Trump, eliminated this deal, thank goodness. And now Biden's trying to recreate it and create a new deal. And as I understand it, you're stepping up and saying, wait a minute, that's enough already. This should be considered as a treaty. Do I have it about right? You've got it exactly right, Mark. And that's what we are doing. And Congressman Andy Barr is carrying this legislation in, um, in the House. And what we are seeking to do is to block the Biden administration from once again trying to pull an end run around Congress. You know, they did it by saying, well, this is an agreement. It's not a treaty. But, of course, everybody remembers the pallets of cash that got flown in to Tehran, and they remember how this was really kind of an end run around the U.S. Senate. This is a treaty. This is a treaty. And it should be treated as that. And the Senate should weigh in. So the legislation would very simply say you cannot uh, treat this as an agreement. I mean, you're so right. I mean, there, there are agreements and then there are treaties. You have some kind of a tax agreement with a country. All right, you don't need a whole treaty, depending on what it is, or some tourism thing. We're talking about nuclear weapons. We're talking about a country that uh, keeps talking about destroying us and our allies in the Middle East, including the state of Israel. This is a very significant uh, set of conduct that's taking place here, involving money, involving... Uh, the, uh, the security of the United States and our allies, if this isn't a treaty, what is a treaty? Well, you're right about that. And bear in mind also that when you talk about Iran, you are talking about uh, Israel's biggest threat in the region. Also, when you look at Russia, China, Iran, and North Korea, I say this is the new axis of evil. And for us to have something that is termed an agreement for us to go easy on Iran when we know China is intent on global domination, when we know that Russia, they're making advances in up around the Ukraine right now. And then out of all of this, you have the Biden administration saying, oh, well, we want to revisit the JCPOA. you got to be kidding me. We are not going to let this happen. And I am so grateful that you were calling attention to this early on because, yes, this is something that should be stopped. It should be blocked. You know, Senator Blackburn, I'm reading here the American Military Times headline. Biden agrees to Iranian demands of sanction relief to advance nuclear deal talks report. This is breaking today. So I don't know what they mean. Biden's agreeing. He's got all these leftists surrounding him at the State Department. This envoy to Iran is a real Israel hater. I'm just being honest with you. Uh, The people he has surrounding him at the National Security Council, same thing. There's no checks or balances here. And like I said, the framers of the Constitution wanted more than one man making a decision about our foreign policy. Do do your fellow Republicans in the Senate, do most of them agree with you? 
My hope is that they are all. I am looking forward to having all the Republicans, and I am going for Democratic votes because we have Democrats that represent conservative states, and they know this should not have been treated as an agreement, that this is something that should have been treated as a treaty for what it is. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope you're right. There's so many vital issues swirling around now with this administration, whether it is this race is critical, race theory, whether it is uh, destroying women's sports in uh, secondary and post-secondary schools, whether it is open borders, uh, whether it is massive tax uh, spending, massive debt, massive regulation, on and on and on and on. I just am concerned that this issue, as well as the others, not get lost in all of the the other crucially important issues. You think it's possible to continue to highlight this? Well, I certainly think it's possible to highlight, but when I'm talking to Tennesseans, Mark, they are terribly concerned about everything that they see happening. Mm-hmm. They're hearing so much. You know, it is like the tax proposals from today. It is the open border that is just completely out of control. It is looking at all of this Green New Deal that would wreck our economy. And I talk to people every single day who say, Marcia, do you all think you can hold it together, hold this country together until we get to the 2022 elections? I have talked to people, and this is very indicative of where a lot of people are. I talked with a lady a couple of weeks ago who had voted for Biden. And as she said, you know, she said, Marsha, you know I voted for Joe Biden. But she said, I did not vote for this. I thought Joe Biden would be a moderate. I thought I could depend on him to be a moderate. I did not vote for this. So there is a lot of buyer's remorse. But, Mark, what it means is that we have to fight every day, and we need the people of this country to stand up and be the people Hmm. and help stand against every bit of this. It is a fight every minute of every single day. And when you look at what the Democrats are doing, they are restricting your freedoms. They are taking your freedoms away every day. They're going after free speech. They are going after your guns. They are working every day to pack the courts. They want to get rid of the filibuster. The list goes on and on. You must be uh, shocked. I mean, uh, this is for for the Democrats to embrace every radical ideological policy agenda item and throw them at you as fast as possible. The Republicans on Capitol Hill, are you are you folks, you know what's going on and you're trying to organize to confront it, I hope, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, we have the Republicans in the Senate who are working every single day. Um, that are the conservatives. We've got our conservative steering committee, as you well know, and we work to bring forward good ideas and to bring forward options and then to do our best to get the message out and to reach out in different venues and different ways to make certain that people 
are aware that we are working hard and that we're standing uh, to protect our freedoms. We are standing to keep the tax bill and the tax cuts from 2017, and we are fighting to get that wall built along the southern border and to support our um, border patrol, to stand with our men and women who are in law enforcement. And, you know, we're, we're on those issues every day. Well, Senator, I don't know you well, but you're very impressive. You, uh, you really do fight right down the line on this, these issues for the country and for liberty. You're one of the few who, who, who's able to, okay, we've got all these issues here, but wait a minute, what's going on over here with Iran and so forth? And that's very impressive, and I want to thank you for, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, for what you're doing. Well, thank you, and thank you so much for paying attention to the issue and uh, highlighting it with your listeners. I appreciate it. Take care. All right. God bless. And by the way, if you haven't left yet, a couple of our kids live in Nashville, so... Uh, Awesome. Well, come see us. We'd love to have you. All right. Be well. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Cliff M, America's Paul Revere. Call him now at 877-381-3811. All right, let's take a few calls. Will in Los Angeles, XM Satellite, disagrees with me about something or other. Yes, Will. Hey, man, how you doing? Okay. So, uh, yeah, I just want to touch on the analogy that you made earlier, and uh, I think about four or five segments ago before Ms. Blackburn uh, came on. You, st- you stated the, that the gangs, that the violence from gangs towards black people should be a concern uh, over the violence of police towards black people. Now, I understand the context of what you're talking about. However, uh, the, the fact remains that one organization or one sanctity is designed to do what? Protect and serve, right? So, Hey, pal, if you're going to get killed and you're going to have 7,000 people killed a year... I think you better start thinking about that. I understand what you're saying. But if you're one of those families, you fear being killed by a gangbanger more than you fear being killed by the cops. Those are the statistics. Now, I would ask you this. I obviously don't live in L.A. in that area. How much attention does the news give to the names, the families, 
and the consequences and what's going on in communities where people are being slaughtered like this? I'll bet very little. Oh, yeah. No, that's not true. They give a lot of attention to it. But here's the problem. Well, how, uh, well, slow down, pal. What do you mean they give a lot of attention to it? Other than reporting the shooting, is Black Lives Matter in these communities? I'm not a Black Lives Matter guy. so I didn't to... ask you if you're a Black Lives Matter guy. You're watching television. I'm asking you, what are you seeing? I'll bet you're not you seeing a I lot. Your question. Okay, let me make it clear. When's the last time LeBron James commented on this? He's a basketball player in Los Angeles, isn't he? When's the last time Black Lives Matter commented on this? When's the last time some some person on ESPN commented about this? When's the last time Nancy Pelosi commented on this? Or Joe Biden commented on this? They don't comment on it. Yeah, but you got an NFL football player that just commented on politics, and you don't have a problem with that because he was a Hey, pal, you see, you're missing the whole point. You're missing the entire point. This isn't about Republican-Democrat. This isn't even about politics. This is about prioritization, drawing attention to where the, the slaughter's taking place. And you're not, you don't really want to engage. You want to play politics no, 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 with I me. Do want to no, you want to play politics. You want to say, well, one is nothing to do. I don't care. I, I don't care. I don't even live in these communities, and I'm concerned about what's going on in these communities. Laying in bed with polarized companies who have all, all, all but all joint sides with Donald Trump, and you're endorsing all right, Get all off of them. the phone, you idiot. You don't even get the point. You don't even get the point. Donald Trump. Why waste my breath? Let's continue to go. Let us go to uh, Robert Abilene, Texas, on the Mark Levin app. Go ahead. How you doing, Mr. Levin? I know it's Mark, but out of respect, I'm going to call you Mr. Levin, if you don't mind. Right. Thank you, but you can't call me Mark. I'm called okay. a lot of things. I'm going to call you Mark just to make it short. Uh, uh, i got a, a few things. On LeBron James, he doesn't do his research. He just spews nonsense. And I'm kind of glad this guy didn't go to college. He'd be even dumber. Yeah, that's you true, know, isn't it? With his nonsense. Uh, I also told your call screen, I'm very, I think you should drive this home. What Nancy Pelosi said the other day should wake everybody up that's African-American or black or whatever. She thanked George Floyd for his sacrifice. Yeah, what does that mean? Ridiculous thing. Is it the most, I don't know. It is the most ridiculous thing since Joe Biden's statement of uh, uh, if if you don't vote for me, then then you're not black. These these people are disgusting. Mm -hmm. They are absolutely disgusting. And that cop in uh, uh, Columbus... Ohio, he did the right thing. But I guess LeBron James is okay that in Cincinnati, a 13-year-old black girl killed another one, I think the same day or the day before, stabbed her in the neck, and she died out. But I guess he's okay that a cop wasn't there to prevent any... But it, what? This is Are crazy. you African-American? I need to ask you, and I'll tell you I what. am. Did you hear the caller before me? The gibberish? He wants to debate me about the cops versus... It's not the cops versus this... The fact is, what's going on in communities is not being discussed. It is not being discussed. You're exactly right. And, and, and here's another thing. If black people were so scared of the cops, why did they call the cops? And when the cops got there, how come nobody dispersed and hid underneath cars and went into the house? That father also kicked that girl in the head or face right in front of the cops. Mm-hmm. You're Go right. Back and look at it on video before she went and then... And then that other girl, she was spinning a gutter like a fish. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, she was literally within a second of stabbing her. She yeah. was. She was very. I got one more point, and I'm gonna let you let you go. Yes, sir. This voter suppression thing is bullcrap. You notice what they never say, Mark. Notice how the the minorities are are, are voter suppression, but you never hear them say that minorities are being suppressed for running for office. And your point is the Democrat. You know who suppresses them? The Democrats. They don't want them running for office. They don't want, well, you can run for office, but you can't be speaker. You can't be this. You can't be that. That's that's never their uh, talking point. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. How is it that you can suppress the minorities from voting, but the minorities that run get in office? But then who voted for them? Mm-hmm. Obviously somebody that wasn't black. Oh, so I get your the point. country's not systemically racist. Yeah. Well, the whole thing is so, so sickeningly stupid. Robert, thank you, Abilene, Texas. Much appreciated, my friend. Yep. Let's go to Russell, Boston, Massachusetts, the Mark Levin Act. Ex-cop, how are you, sir? Good, and you, Mark. Very well, Russell. Tell thank you. you. Uh, I was a reti- I'm a oh, terrific, and I enjoyed your book, um, The Unfreedom of the Press. Thank I am you. a... Uh, Retired federal agent, uh, I was. I served for 33 years, and after 9/11, Mark, we were heroes. We were adored by the public, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and now in 2020, the number of police killed in the line of duty this past year tripled from 2019 from 89 to 261. Unbelievable! Because of the likes of what you talked about in your book and the likes of a LeBron James and the liberal press. My brothers are targeted, alleged racists, and I don't understand. I did my best campaigning for President Trump, the recounts of Pennsylvania and Wisconsin to preserve law and order, and I just, I can't fathom what's going on and the fear that my brothers must have as they go out to serve their country every day. I mean, you can't even save a person's life without being attacked by a basketball star. That cop went there. He didn't want to be there. He's there. We all saw the video. And if you actually watch the whole video, it's scary. And the girl lifts that knife. She's ready to pull it down right into the other human being's life, another African-American. And he shoots her. What is he supposed to do? That's exactly what he was supposed to do. He should be called a hero. Exactly right. He was a hero. Yep, I agree with you. Not a villain. All right. Well, well, Russell, thank you for your service, my friend. I appreciate it. Let's keep rolling here. Uh, let's go to uh, Ben, Akron, Ohio, the Mark Levin app. Mark Levin app's very busy tonight. Go right ahead. Hi, Mark. Yes, yes sir. I'm calling about the comments that I'm hearing from LeBron James about race. I, I know a little bit about where he grew up. I live in Akron, Ohio. and And he makes comments that... He was afforded so many advantages by the people of Akron. He didn't, they didn't charge him a penny to go to school. He went to St. Vincent, St. Mary High School for free. Everything possible was given to him. Where he gets this animosity towards white people is just stunning. I, I'm just stunned listening to this man talk, understanding his, his childhood. And you're right to put it the way you did. He really is hostile to white people maybe not white people he knows and lives with but he is a bigot i don't know how else to put this 
He is a bigot, and he's not the only bigot. But he is definitely a bigot, in my humble opinion. But so, All right, Ben, thank you. Well, I can't ask him. The man will never come on this program, but I appreciate your call. When you talk about people with a broad brush, if you're white talking about black people or black talking about white people, and you use a broad brush, I mean, you don't respect individuals as individual human beings with their own experiences, with their own issues, their own happiness, their own problems, and all the rest. You're a bigot, by definition. And the Democrat Party is a bigoted party. It's always been a bigoted party. It's always been a racist, a racialist party. This is what it's always been. All right, let's go to uh, George, Los Angeles, 870 The Answer, the great KRLA. George, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing, today? I'm doing okay, my friend. Go right ahead. I'm actually calling, so I'm hearing your radio show. I listen to you daily. I've, uh, I actually like what you're saying sometimes. And sometimes we can ad- agree to disagree. Right. But now speak a little bit more loudly. Go ahead. Today I'm actually, I'm actually calling because, let's start off with the Democrat Party. They have, I don't know, I don't know what secret or what, what the, I'm black, by the way. African-American. I don't know what the Democratic community has done to brainwash our community, but I don't know if you recall, Malcolm X said it the best. The Democratic Party is the most racist, hidden party with the most hidden agenda ever. And it's He, he, he said that's the right. party you got to watch. He warned him about the Democrat Party. You're correct. He warned us. Then he said they will have celebrities in place to use as pawns to help convince us that they are the party to go for. Okay, let's start off. Now, let's just say that again. That being said, you have, when Donald Trump was running again, obviously we all know what happened with that. I got, like, in the mail, and I know friends that have 10 to 20, literally, people filling them out, and then they didn't want to acknowledge election fraud. Wait a minute, you said you got a ton of ballots in the mail, and your friends did too? Everybody, every, I know every black community that I literally from Georgia to, uh, to out here in California. Even I know people that I was talking about, they didn't even have to show ID to go vote. This is this is a hundred percent true facts. I'm willing to bet my life on this. That's how sure I am. Uh, also, let's 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 fast forward now. Now we're now we they, they won and got Donald Trump out, obviously by cheating. Let's let's go with that. Uh, now they're trying to push. This agenda on us about white people being evil and white supremacists coming after us. And like, let's be real, we're not. I'm not. White people are the least of my worries. And the biggest problem we have in our community is economic. Is, is economic? Yep. Is basically economy. You see all the shootings and stuff going on in our communities. Black people killing each other, and yet we're outraged more about a police officer. And I understand that police officers are a peace officer, and they're here to for public duties, and they should be held at a higher accountability, which is completely understandable. But at the same time, where's the outrage when a seven-year-old girl was shot? That's what I was trying to tell the other guy, who was two calls before you, and he just wanted to debate politics. Say it again? That's what I was trying to tell the other guy, two calls before you, also from L.A., I... He all he wanted to do is Republican, Democrat, politics. I'm going, what the hell is this? What kind of debate is this? People are getting killed. And the media are really not paying attention to it in the way that they pay attention to 
a case here and a case there and so forth. Now, let's, 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 let's say I don't live in Baltimore. I follow. I pay attention. I don't live in Baltimore, but you see what's going on over there. Mm-hmm. But when you look at it, it's all run by Democratic mayors. And all the chaos that's going around, it's all run by Democratic mayors. But let's take politics out of it. It's not about politics. I got 15 seconds. We shoot. I'm sorry. When we shoot and kill each other, we should be more outraged. Black Lives Matter should be out there more. And NBA players that are so political mm-hmm. should be speaking out more I, I agree 100 percent with you call us more often my friend i really enjoyed listening we'll be right back Lovin. amac the association of mature american citizens is one of the fastest growing organizations in america now over two million conservative members strong and i'm one of them AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. We had a lot of great callers tonight. I don't know if I can squeeze any more in, but I wish I had started earlier. A lot of great callers tonight. And I want to thank you. Look, I didn't get to everything I wanted to get to, but that's okay. The things we did get to, we covered rather thoroughly and comprehensively. And I want to appreciate you out there listening. I want to thank all the other hosts out there on TV and radio. I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank your staffs. But most of all, and primarily... You Levinites who come here every single evening or listen on the podcast, you're the ones that matter to me most. And you know what? You know what? We've got something very important to do over the course of this summer. You and me and the rest of the country. So stay right here. And I love you very much and appreciate you. And we salute all your police officers and military personnel and emergency personnel. I'll see you tomorrow. God bless.